Hi, everyone. This is Abhishek from ShakeTheCosmos.com. I'm really excited about my guest today, Arvind Ravi Shankar, CEO and founder of lens for You. And if you're listening right now, now is a good time to hit the follow button so you don't miss out on the episodes which are released every week. And if you're liking this episode, give it a rating. That helps me in the organic search results. And I'm really excited to talk with Irwin. We met at Berkeley, and I haven't really done a good job of keeping in touch with him. And I'm, I just love that Irwin is an expert on the topics of business strategy, product marketing, and product innovation. And so I'm just really excited. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Irwin. All right. So Irwin, can you give me a little background on what you've been up to most recently? Sure, Abhishek. Um, I started my own company about two years ago. Uh, it's called Lens uh, Business Innovation. So Lens, is, our mission in the world is to bring strategic clarity in times of uncertainty. If you think about it, businesses routinely go through periods of uncertainty, and this uncertainty arises when there is a disruption in the market, such as digital or a pandemic, or uncertainty arises when you're trying to enter a new market, when you're developing a new product, you're trying to acquire a company. And in these situations, we tend to bring strategic clarity. And the way we do it is, is pretty unique. At Lens, we believe that everything begins with perspective. The way you think about something and the way you approach something dictates your actions and it dictates the outcome of uh, that particular actions. And so in our strategy programs, we tend to approach strategy from the, from the angle of perspective. We help our clients develop a perspective about a certain market. Actually, we help them develop multiple perspectives. And through that, we make trade-offs and narrow down on the perspective that we think is suitable for that particular market and that particular company in that particular situation, right? So that's kind of our approach. And we've been doing this for the last two years. I passionately believe in insights and perspectives, which is why I started this company. And we've been having a lot of fun. <laughs> we've engaged in many different clients and different programs. And I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Thanks, Arvind. Then I want to dig deeper into that perspective and insights piece. So, um, you know, as I was reading your bio, Arvind, um, you know, it's uh, the common denominator in all three professions, business strategy, product marketing, and product innovation is the ability to cut through a lot of noise and bring to surface the most important factors and execute to them. So what is the noise and how do you cut through the noise to find the perspective, um, to find the perspective? Sure. I think that's an excellent question, uh, Abhishek. Um, so the way, the way I, I think about that is if you look at, if you reflect in your own life today um, and people you talk to, or if you think of the lives that my clients are leading right now, there's so much data thrown at you every day in so many different directions. And a lot of a lot of strategy today is sorting through all that data and trying to understand what's important to your particular situation and what's important for you to solve your problem. And that's what I mean by noise. Noise is all the data, the unwanted data 
that hits you every day in order for you to process and, and make decisions around. And at Lens, we when we say we cut through that noise, um, I found early on in my career that whether it was in product management roles that I played or corporate strategy roles that I played, um, I did not get bogged down by the amount of data that was thrown at me in those situations. And I was able to surface in most situations with certain insights and certain important characteristics about that particular situation. And so that's what I've converted now into a service. And that's what I mean by cutting through the noise. It's really clearing out all the data that's not needed in order for you to make a decision and finding the most salient points that's going to influence the particular decision you're making. So that's kind of what I mean by cutting through the noise and developing that perspective. Interesting. And so what types of decisions or problems or things, you know, you people are coming to you with uh, or that you lead a strategy session on? Sure. Um, what's interesting right now is since we're still early in, in our formation as a company, we tend to tackle a, a variety of different problems. So I have in the last two, three years, and actually even in the last five years before I started Lens, I worked at Radius and I, I developed and ran the strategy division at Radius. So if you look at consulting, my, I've been in consulting for the last five years. And during those five years, I've worked on a variety of problems. Um, uh, some of the examples would be disruption-based events. You know, uh, we believe our competitors are going digital, or we believe that that new digital technology has come to market, and we really don't know what that means for our company, right? How do we respond, and do we have to change our strategy? Do we need to develop a new product? Do we have to change our approach on how we go to market? What does that mean? What does digital disruption mean to us? That's a very common question that I get a lot from my clients these days. That's the first kind of strategy project programs I work on. The second type of strategy program I've recently started working on a lot is brand strategy. And the questions I get are, you know, as the world evolves to digital and as the world evolves where customers' needs are, you know, uh, evolving in terms of speed, in terms of agility, how do I position my company uh, for the future? That's the second type of strategy. So digital strategy, brand strategy. The third type of problems that I get are around business model. So, you know, as you can see, a lot of innovation is happening in the last five, 10 years. Even if you look at look back at the companies that have succeeded, the unicorns or the largest companies you know of, the household brands, the business model is where a lot of the innovation is happening. And business model is completely disrupting industries. So I get questions on, is my business model relevant in today's world? Do I need to change my business model? And if so, how do I change it? So these are some of the types of questions I get. And if you look at it, the common denominator across all those questions is they're looking for a perspective on what something means for them and what decisions they have to make based on that event. And so in that time at Lens, we go in and I help these companies uh, develop a perspective on how they need to change with respect to these different problems. 
Nice. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and ask a dumb question here. Sure. What is when, you know, when think, thinking about a business model and, you know, someone, let's say, is listening and they have a new idea or they're quite established company. What what how do you define a business model? What's your sort of definition? <laughs> sure. I love that question, actually. So um, a lot of people, when you say business model, they immediately think freemium or they think subscription service, et cetera. Right. And in reality, if you think about it, those are pricing models. That's the way in which you're pricing your product. They do have an influence on the business model that you're going to develop, but they're really monetization methods, right? The way you monetize. Now, a business model, on the other hand, is a more holistic model. It's a model of all the elements that come together that essentially form your business. So I think Osterwalder did a fantastic job. In fact, I like his framework a lot. Um, he did a fantastic job in trying to model the nine elements of a business. And I've used that model pretty extensively in my life. And what I found is that um, all businesses, most businesses, the model with which they run, the formula essentially with which they run, can be broken into those nine elements. And what's interesting is the interplay of those nine elements. So for example, I'll give you some of the elements. Your customer segments are an element of your business, right? Who your customer is and how you interact with that customer, what their problems are, are, are an important part of your business. The product, service, or value proposition that you're offering to your customer is a part of your business model. The way you deliver that value to your customer, the channels that you use, whether it's retail, website, one-on-one -on -one sales, whatever those channels are, is an important part of your business model. The relationships you establish with that customer is a part of your business model. The monetization methods you're using to really uh, monetize on the value proposition you're delivering through those particular channels to your customer is a part of your business model. The activities on the back end are you outsourcing? Are you insourcing? Um, have you decided to integrate vertically your entire organization? All those back-end decisions finally affect your business model. So the business model actually is a holistic way of looking at a business, understanding the different elements of a business and understanding how those elements relate to each other. And if you truly understand your business model, what happens is that when you're faced with a disruption, when you're faced with a question such as, you know, uh, there's a, or, or if you take the pandemic that's currently happening, and if you have to model how your business is going to change based on this input parameters of the pandemic, if you understand your business model truly, you should be able to figure out, okay, you know what? It's my customer segments that have to change because of this pandemic, or maybe I need to develop new products or services, or maybe my monetization methods have to change. You know, I'm going to stick to the same customer segments. I'm going to deliver the same value proposition, but the way I deliver it has to change. Maybe I need to go more digital and less uh, in-person sales. So if you understand the different elements of your business model, and you understand how they interplay with each other, then it's much more easier to answer such questions as what does digital mean or what is um, a disruption going to do for me? Or if I want to enter a new market, 
how does it affect the other parts of my business, right? Is my product portfolio going to change? Is my product portfolio going to get affected? So pretty much any business question you are trying to answer or any business decision you're trying to make, if you don't understand your business model holistically, you're going to be making that business decision based on limited information, right? So, so that's the I power think, uh, of the business model. And then, uh, you know, I I remember actually, you, you know, doing a business model. I think these nine elements that you're talking about for, for my company, Shake the Cosmos at the beginning. And I think uh-huh. it's, I am a big fan of it also. And you speak about this disruption piece and the current time we live in, of course, with COVID now people are, ha- are having to pivot, you know, for example, you know, Tony Robbins is now doing all online sessions and his conferences and past were like in person before. And um, so correct. what, what would be your advice to companies or business unit leaders trying to manage their business um, in this disruption? So I think I would chart it out in three ways. First is I would I would encourage them to take a little time to model out their current business. Because what I find every time is that when I when I meet with people and business leaders, uh, and we sit down together and we model the business, we always find that there were certain insights, certain aspects of the business model that was true and it was allowing them to be successful, but it was hidden, right? It was kind of happening in the background, in, in, in the fabric of the business. What, and would be an ex- what would be like an example of something that people might sure. be overlook sure. or you call it hidden? Sure, absolutely. So um, I, I'll, I'll take an example of a recent program I worked on. In fact, I love that program. I worked on it like two months ago. And uh, it was for a nonprofit. And this nonprofit um, came to Lens because their situation was they wanted to they wanted to um, affect change in their business development practice. And they had a hypothesis that the reason the the business was not or the nonprofit was not sustainable was because they didn't have a business development head dedicated to the effort of business development for them, right? And in turn, the revenue generation had stagnated and they were worried about the sustainability of their business. And when we sat down with them and we started working out their business model and we started looking at their business holistically or started looking at the profit of the non-profit holistically, we uncovered that this nonprofit had not positioned itself in the flow of money within their ecosystem. See, every nonprofit has a flow of money or every uh, nonprofit sits in a flow of money, right? There's a flow of money between the people who have funds to donate and the people who need the funds. And that flow of money is pretty well established in today's world. There are foundations, there are corporates who do CSR work. There's a clear established way. And this nonprofit had not tapped into that flow of money at all, but they were trying to do extraneous events, et cetera, on the side, and they weren't tapped into that flow of money. The way we uncovered that was by looking at their business holistically. We looked at all angles, right? We, we looked at their marketing efforts. We looked at their 
competitors. We looked at their ecosystem. And when we looked at it holistically, we suddenly realized that, man, it's the ecosystem angle that's important for this nonprofit. And the minute we had that insight and we started working around positioning them in the flow of money, suddenly business development no more felt like the problem. The problem felt that, or the problem that we uncovered was they had a positioning issue where the nonprofit world did not understand the role of this organization and why they exist in this world. And so by positioning them correctly, this nonprofit has now taken a different turn. And rather than go and try to hire a business development individual, they're now trying to hire a marketing person or they're working on a marketing effort to position themselves correctly. So no change in the product. They have a phenomenal product or service. No change in the product or service, just a positioning exercise. And so that's an example of a fundamental shift in what they believed was their problem versus what really their problem was. And some of the elements I told you is how we uncovered that. And then you mentioned there, you know, so the number one is, you know, when someone's in this disruption, uh, facing disruption is kind of just take time to think about the business model. And then what are the other two things you were, you were talking about? Sure. So first I would start with evaluating your business model and I would model out the business. When you do that, you're going to uncover insights about your business, about your customers, about your entire model. The second aspect is then trying to understand the ecosystem around you and how that ecosystem is evolving, right? How How is your customer reacting to this disruption? And how is the local ecosystem around you reacting to this disruption? Being able to understand those aspects and then finally doing a gap analysis between the two. You Once you understand your business model and once you understand how your customers are evolving, you can now find out where the gaps are between what you're servicing and how your customers evolving. And in the gaps lies the strategy that you need to develop to handle that disruption. And do you use, uh, you know, your own methods on your own business? Like for like, what's an insight you've had about your own business through the methods you implement? Yeah, actually, that's a great question, right? Am I using my methods on myself? I think that's a fantastic question. Um, Yes, the answer is, in fact, uh, about three months ago, I, I ran a business modeling exercise on my own. And um, when I did that, I realized that, you know, in the in the different elements of the business model I spoke to you about, I realized that my model or my uh, business can be made or broken by the relationships that I establish with my customer. Now, in general, you would, uh, I'm sure you would agree, overall, in any product or service, it's important to establish a good relationship with the customer. But there's a nuance in my particular business because I'm in consulting and because I'm in the business of generating ideas and providing ideas. Um, if I don't develop a good relationship with my customer and if they don't trust the ideas that I'm developing, those ideas will never go into fruition because my company is not the one who's executing on it. My customers are executing on those ideas. So the relationship I maintain with them and the 
um, the trust I build and the competency I display is very, very, very important because if they don't buy into that, if they don't believe in it, if they don't see it, then they would not implement those ideas or they would not look at me as a partner. And if I lose that trust and relationship as a partner, that's pretty much the end of my business. So that block of customer relationships within the business model, I learned was the most important element of running a consulting business. And so I started paying more attention to the relationships I'm building with my customers, right? Compared to how I'm monetizing or compared to the activities or resources or partners, the most important element of my business model ended up being those relationships. And those relationships are established over a period of time. So that's kind of how it kind of the whole model helped my own business, Abhishek. So I think. So you did this activity three months ago and you're already implementing some of the changes. Um, you know, I'm almost thinking of a business model as an art. So sometimes I have guests on my podcast and they're, you know, they're yoga instructors or artists and I have them, you know, share a song or so we'd uh -huh. love to kind of do a quick little activity. You know, if you're up for it, you know, sure. So like my my company, we're podcasting here, Shake the Cosmos. Um, what would be some of the like questions or framework if you were to we were doing a build sort of a mock strategy here? Um to what would you ask me um as you know, somebody maybe who needs help with business model? Sure, absolutely. So um I think why don't we start, Abhishek, with uh, with a foundational question. So I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll have a conversation to uncover, uh, you know, what your needs are. So maybe the, I'm going to start with this question on if you're reflecting in the last couple of months uh, on what's been top of mind for you, what's been a core problem that you've been trying to solve inside your business, or what has been an interesting opportunity that has come your way that you are thinking of capitalizing on? Yeah, so I think it's it's for me it's it's about the top of mind comes let's say monetization uh, and also just uh, finding uh, more guests and just being patient with sort of the growth that I I will see with the podcast. Excellent. So in monetization, in, in this element of monetization, um, could you walk me through uh, on who, who are your, some of your customer segments today? Yeah. So and in terms of the people who listen are generally, you've got um, some entrepreneurs, some professionals. Uh, sometimes I also have people reaching out that are uh, just starting to starting their own business, just or they're starting their own podcast. Excellent. So let's let's stick to that customer segment of entrepreneurs or entrepreneur type personalities or entrepreneur type situations, right? Because an entrepreneur type situation exists in many different areas. So in that entrepreneur type situation, can you tell me a little bit about the problems they are facing and how is your program helping them solve those problems? Yeah, it's 
it's interesting. I so I don't have data on the podcasts. Actually, I guess I do. So some someone reached out, um, and Kimberly, for example, went through a um, took a course. There's a course that I sell as well, and she took the course, and then she was able to start her own business. So I think, but it wasn't necessarily the business piece. It was more the motivation piece to just go do it and take the risk. Got it. Interesting. So the um, so there's an aspirational element to your podcast, right? Wherein you may not the podcast may not be solving an immediate problem for an individual or an entrepreneur. Um, so, for example, if an entrepreneur, I'll tell you what an immediate problem is. An immediate problem is an entrepreneur is trying to raise money, and they need to understand what channels within the Bay Area Silicon Valley ecosystem, how do you navigate that system, right? So that's a problem they're facing. And so that's an immediate problem. What I'm hearing is that the value proposition of the podcast is it's aspirational, right? It, it pushes you to reach for those stars. It pushes you to reach for something else or learn something that could help you shape your entrepreneurial journey. If I understood that right, yeah, and actually, as you said that, I was getting goosebumps. So I think we've we've already unlocked an insight for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your your so let's keep going. Do you want to spend a few more minutes talking through that? Yeah, definitely. If you're okay with it, uh, or we can we can yeah. <laughs> no, no, I like uh, Abhishek. I love doing this, and this is why I this is why I started Lens. So it's and this is where this is way more interesting for me than talking about my company. So, um, so you have so you have a you have your you've created a product a service that does fill a need, right? Because entrepreneurs, I can tell you from my own experience being an entrepreneur, is that I need guidance, I need motivation, I need someone to push me and show me that I can reach for the stars because the entrepreneurial journey sometimes it can be lonely and it it's a pretty hard journey and you're always questioning yourself um, and so in that process having that element of motivation that aspiration really helps now this this uh, service or product that you have, how do consumers realize this? What's your channel? How are you delivering it to those entrepreneurs? Yeah, so I have an omni-channel marketing approach, which is just multiple channels of marketing. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of like how I reach to the customers, I send. E- I have an email list. I also have Instagram followers. Uh, I also um, post on LinkedIn as well as uh, Facebook. Um, those are some of the channels. And in terms of how somebody physically gets the product, so there's two products. There's the podcast, and then there's the course. It's a podcast. You can listen on every single like iTunes, Spotify. The course itself is delivered through email. Got it. So um, is the podcast sort of a, a teaser, an introduction where people listen to it and then they go sign up for the course? That's the general idea. And that's how I've tried to set up the, so, you know, add value right away. And then potentially if someone's interested, they sign up for the course. Got it. So that's essentially your, your, your business model, right? Your business model is to provide 
content that's valuable to someone to introduce them to the idea of Shake the Cosmos. And then if they're further interested, they would go into a course. And do you monetize the course today? Yeah, I monetized the course today. And so when I first started it, I was, you know, I just was had a, like uh, some beta customers. So it wasn't any cost uh, mm-hmm. money they were paying. But now there, there is like people are paying money for it. Got it. Excellent. So now let's come back to your first question of monetization, right? Um, what is your fundamental challenge of monetization? So you've established a business model where you have an aspirational product for entrepreneurs. And when they listen to this aspirational product, it triggers something within them, which could get them interested in signing up for a course, and then they sign up for a course. So where in, within this business model, where are you having challenges with your monetization? Well, I think right away, as you ask that question, the first thing that comes to mind is I'm actually not really marketing the course at all. I always market the podcast. Um, like, mm. So I'm never telling the customer, Irvin, who's the listener, hey, I have a course, by the way, also. So that is one, one, one thing. Very interesting. Um, that's, yeah. So then let me ask you a question there, Abhishek. How does someone know about your course? Um, they don't. all right so i I think we've uncovered (laughs) a fundamental challenge in that your uh, (laughs) your your where where you're delivering value and where you're looking to monetize the two things are not connected today right so the fundamental area where you're delivering value you're inspiring and aspiring entrepreneurs that value delivery mechanism is not connected to where you're monetizing today which is your course so i think finding a way to connect that i think would be super important of course i think when we if we sit down and talk more about this um we will uncover more because we've only had like a few minutes to chat but even looking at the different customer segments within entrepreneurs and mapping within your target audience, I'm sure some entrepreneurs are going to be more uh, suitable for that course you've built. So understanding who they are and then finding ways to to uh, market the course or even make them aware of the course, right? I think is going to be super important. But we can talk through that more offline, Abhishek. Uh, but this was fun. I, I, I'm glad you you thought of this exercise. I totally enjoyed it. I appreciate that. And in terms of like, if someone else is listening and they're kind of going through the similar uh, problems, or it's really your the questions that I that you know there were multiple times I was getting goosebumps from your questions. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. It's true. It's interesting. The the questions you ask really um, uncover that perspective. And maybe maybe I'm going to circle back to the first question you asked me, which is, Arvind, how do you clear out the noise? And and maybe that's the answer, Abhishek. Uh, and you know, I'm having an insight now as I talk to you. And my insight is maybe it's the questions, the you know, asking the right questions cuts through the noise and and gets to the heart of the matter. And I think maybe the the motivation to ask the right questions is to cut through the heart of the matter and get to get to the get to the crux of what's going on. So it's the motivation and the questions, I guess. I'm kind of circling back to your first question. 
Totally. And um, I mean, I only got a teaser of you know what you do and you're expert at. I know you have a as we're wrapping up here, you've got a several couple of workshops coming up where people can sign up and take advantage of this. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about um, what what this is? I think it's called an afternoon with your business model. <laughs> That's correct. It's an afternoon with your business model. That's exactly right. Uh, yes, thank you for asking about that. I have a program that I run uh, once a month. And it's an afternoon, as the program says. The program, I invite 10 to 15 executives or CEOs or anybody who's in a, excuse me, excuse me, anybody who's in a position where they have to make a strategic decision, right? A business decision, I invite them into the program. And it's a pretty well-structured program. We, in the program, we, uh, we review business models that are are coming in in the last five, 10 years, business models that have evolved, how these business models have evolved, what is business modeling, right? How do you even think about business modeling, the role of business modeling? We kind of walked through some of that in, in the beginning, but that's just to lay the foundation. So as everybody has, like you mentioned in your, in your question, we all have different ideas of what a business model is. And so in the beginning, we kind of level set on what a business model is and how it affects your life and your career. And then comes the interesting part. I invite the entrepreneur or the executive to bring a business model that's of interest to them. And we work it out. Similar to just what we did in the last uh, 10 minutes, we actually spent two hours to take apart the business model you're interested in. So you learn to take apart a business model, diagnose where the strengths and weaknesses are of the business model, develop deep insights about your business model that are actionable. And in the last one hour of the program, it's a four-hour program, the last one hour is super interesting. You then pair up with another executive and you brainstorm that particular business model. So what happens is by the end of the four hours, you internalize business modeling and it's you know it's it's one thing to learn something it's another thing to know it by the end of 4 hours you learn, you internalize and you truly understand what business modeling is because you've gone through the theory of it you've actually deconstructed a business model and you've also tried to teach someone else what you've learned and when you try to teach someone else what you've learned you have no choice but to understand it deeply. So I, what I guarantee is by the end of those four hours, you will truly understand what a business model is and you will understand what your business model is and you'll understand insights about your business model, which then leads to really interesting possibilities. And the possibilities are endless, right? From how do you adopt change and evolve that business model to handle a disruption to how do you evolve that business model to grow your business to how do you evolve it to get into a new market? Any question you have about your business can then be tackled with ease once you once you start going through this program. So that's the program, Abhishek, and I run it once a month. That's great. Uh, and uh, if you're listening right now, I'll include the links um, for the upcoming um an afternoon with your business model you can uh, spend with um, Arvind. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Arvind. 
Abhishek, thank you so much. And I encourage you and the listeners of the program to think deeply about perspectives, to take a few minutes of your own time, whether it's a part of your day or whether it's once a week, to reflect on on where you're going with your business and even in general, where you're headed in your in your life. It's always good to kind of sit back and reflect. It, it does wonders to spend a little bit of time thinking about your strategy. And so with that, I would like to thank you a lot for this interview. I had a lot of fun. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Please hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week 